Hey everybody! Welcome to another episode of Brown Queens. I'm Neha. And I am Jyoti K. What's up, you guys? What's up? We're so excited. We're gonna have um Navjot at Metaphysical Goddess. Ma- yes, Metaphysical Her Goddess. Instagram name on here in just a little bit. And she's gonna talk about spirituality, mental health. She's a health a life coach yes and just all things in that field so super excited for that yep she majored in philo- uh, sorry psychology, psychology and minor in physiology look at us like messing up everything i know we're like <laughs> i'm like sorry guys uh it's been but, a while since but, i've been to school <laughs> but she will explain everything um and just very excited to get this whole mental health january started off yep and we had some people ask us some questions so we ba- we made sure that we um included those into the questions that we asked her so we will have her on right now. Give us a moment. All right, guys, we have a special guest with us today. This is part of like our whole mental health focus in January. We have a fellow brown queen with us. And you are a life coach, right? A certified life coach? Would be yes. Exact. Or yeah. how, would you, how would you say your title? Yeah, life coach is really broad. I would say that's definitely the umbrella, the work that I do falls into. Um, I do more self-development coaching and then uh, I bring a spiritual aspect into it. So that's something I definitely look for um, is for people who are wanting to connect to their spirit. Okay, so I know I'm very <laughs> spiritual and she's like, she's teaching me. Yeah, I'm like, Jyoti, how do you not know your love language? Yes, and I love it. I'm like, listen, we need to like, we're all about manifesting and like all of this stuff in 2021. What's so interesting is like, I actually just learned this too. I know that like a lot of Indians aren't like super into that stuff, but it actually comes from Hinduism and like all of, and like just being it comes directly from India. So when all my friends are like, oh, you're so into that stuff. I'm like, listen, this is literally like who we are. Culture. Yeah. Yeah. We're literally tapping into uh, our ancestral, you know what I mean? Like our energetic, like lineages. And it's very interesting, right? Like how Indians came to the West and really forgot about that. And then all the Western people are like literally saving themselves by like these, you know, chakras and like, you know, all these things. Yeah, like it's so in right now. And I'm like, this (laughs) comes from like our culture. Right. I'm so happy too. Like when I feel like even with like Neha, like you guys are so much more like life is wonderful. Life (laughs) is great. And I'm like, okay. My life is not always (laughs) wonderful. But I think it's like more so a balance, right? Like it's, kind of no matter what's going on externally you're internally at peace yes absolutely manifesting from the inside out because at the end of the day I mean I've done a lot of studying of quantum physics and at the end of the day the physical reality isn't really what's going on it's everything's internal everything's about perspective and tell us about that how did you like when did you know you wanted to be a life coach and how did you become one or how how can one become one like let us know yeah what was your journey your journey oh wow wow okay so this is like um it's a lot but it's very interesting how i got into this work um it's kind of like when you open up like spiritually right then it's kind of like life is is going through you so it's like almost like i didn't choose this it chose me in a way um, back in you had so a spiritual I'm, awakening, I had a spiritual, I'm always having a spiritual, awakening. <laughs> literally. So when I was 21, um, I left a five year abusive relationship. Like dude was a woman beater. He was Punjabi. You know, I had a very wow. interesting time, you know, from 16 to 21 being with this guy. 
Um, and I, yeah, you're so young. You're so young. 16, 16. So I guess I'll go back a little bit. So I was always like growing up, I was always like really spiritual. I was always really into Sikhi. My parents put me in Punjabi school growing up. Like I was always very friendly and very open and very social. And even in my household dynamic, you know, I don't think my parents knew, especially my dad, what to do with such an outspoken child. You know, it was like when I was younger, like by the time I was five, right. It was like, just don't talk so much. And like, if you oh share God, your opinion, literally if you share my, your opinion. I feel like that's how it was for me too. Like I was so talkative. My mom I felt like everybody was always, like I'd get in trouble in school for talking too much. Like I was just, and your parents totally. say that too. They're like, don't yeah. talk because it looks bad. You know, it's like, yeah. Or like a woman's place. supposed to be more submissive, yeah. right? And like my sister, she's more shyer than me naturally, her personality. But it was like, I noticed the dynamic of how we would get treated, right? And so yeah. it was just interesting. And, um, and yeah, so growing up, I don't know, I feel like, yeah, I just kind of really didn't get that because I was always really loud. But I always feel like there's something wrong with me because of the way that women are supposed to be, right? I felt like no matter what I did, it was like I kept on getting bullied by our own people and I would get bullied. I would, you know, whether it was like, you know, it's not even like straight up. It's like, they're just talking shit about you like left and right. And then you find out. And it's like, I got really sick of it. I got really sick of it. I got really turned off by it. Um, I started questioning everything. So it was like, you know, when I was 16, I was like, you know what? Like I wasn't really allowed to hang out with non-brown people. You know, and as you guys know from last year with just the Black Lives Matter stuff popping off, I was like, yo, like we got to check our community because we grew up around a lot of racism. Like I know I did, like my parents didn't want me to hang out with anybody and they had this strong belief that if I was to hang out with people that weren't Indian, that I, that means I wouldn't be successful. I wouldn't be a doctor and I wouldn't be the mold, right? Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I was always a rebel. And so when I was 16, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna test this theory. Like, so I just like really, and excuse my language, I like give the Indian community a big like, fuck you, because I was like, I'm just done getting bullied. Like I didn't know where I fit in because I was like, when I'm around my American friends and at school, I could finally breathe. And I didn't have to put on a mask. You're talking about that, remember? Yeah. yeah. I, feel like, I feel like this is why we started our podcast. Cause we were like, everybody thinks you either have to like fit into this like Indian mold or like you could hang out with like, like Jyoti and me have lots of friends that are non-Indian as well as Indian. Totally. So mm -hmm. it's like, really you're finding the balance between two cultures. Like you don't have to fit into one box or the other. Like we're all just like co complex people trying to like find our balance. Absolutely. Well said, well said. That's, that's really what I feel like it is. And I think that coming here, you know, our parents, you know, and it took me so long. So for so long, I was just, I didn't get it. It was always like, I would like freaking run away. Like I was just like wild because I didn't, I didn't like being confined. But I think now I realize like women like us, we were meant to show our community and our family the way. Cause how would my dad know even like how to have a woman where, you know, or a daughter that was like, okay, I can go out when the sun's down and I'm going to be freaking fine. Yeah. They were um, doing the best they could. They, they, the did. they didn't they raise do. Indian people in America. No, first yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. And so it's cool to come to that understanding now, but it wasn't like that. So when I was 16, yeah. I was like really rebelling, just trying to find myself. I was very lost. I did party a lot. You know, I did get involved in all those things. Um, I don't regret one bit of it. Um, I think that when I got with that guy, it was more so of like, I just wanted some sort of love and I wanted a relationship, yeah. but like, we don't talk about 
sex growing up. We don't talk about boyfriends. We don't talk about hormones. We don't talk about love. So I really had to learn things. That's what I we guess were saying too. Way. Like mm-hmm. India yeah. can talk about anything. Like they, they don't, don't talk. About it's anything. forbidden. Everything's forbidden. <laughs> don't talk. Yes. Don't do that. <laughs> and that's what causes so many mental health issues. And like the biggest mental health issue that I help uh, most of my clients. So right now, actually, um, 99% of my clients are Indian. I only have four people of color. I only have one client that isn't. And, um, you know, she's learning a lot too, but it's just like very interesting, uh, the patterns that I'm seeing and, um, like, yeah, what are the patterns you're seeing? Tell us. So the one thing that I'm seeing that I'm really helping people with is especially women is, is finding our voice and be comfortable in our decisions. And I think that this is something that Indian men also struggle with and Indian women, because growing up, it was like our parents' way or the highway, right? And it was like, if we wanted to make a decision, like, hey, I actually want to get into drama or I wanted to, I want to get into acting. And it was always just like, shut off, you know? It's like, only science, only science, you know? <laughs> and so when I got my degree, I was even like, you know, I studied bio because I felt like I had to. And then I ended up getting a degree in psychology because I was like really interested in the mind. And at the time, I was with that abusive guy. So I think like it was almost a savior it was like to save me because I finally understood like all the reasons why I was even accepting that kind of behavior from a man and like how much it relates to like our ancestral trauma and like things that women have just had to like put up with Mm -hmm. and so I just realizing that you know I was getting my degree when I was like 21 Uh, I was in my last year and I think what after studying psychology for a few years I was like you know what like I know exactly like I have to leave this, you know? And, and the thing about abusive relationships that people don't understand is it's not easy because it's like, when you're with a narcissist, they're gonna make you believe that it's your fault, right? So it's like, he would hit me and make me think it was my fault, right? And so for so long of doing that, I programmed myself to thinking like there was something wrong with me and like me speaking up or me, my opinions or me making other people laugh, you know, like that was such a bad thing. So I shut off my spirit and who I was. And I kind of, even though I left him when I was 21, I was like in a really dark place because I didn't know who I was. Yeah. For five years in those very developmental years, I let, you know, everyone define me, you know, like I didn't let me define me. And it was like anything he said would define me. And so um, it was really powerful because now I'm really grateful eight years looking back because I don't think I would have had as much of a drive to find myself and, and find meaning and purpose if I didn't get hit that rock bottom, you know? And yeah. so, yeah. Yeah. So, so after that, how did you get it? Did you, how did you get into life coaching? Yeah. So, so I, my degree was in psychology. They told me I could graduate early and I just broken up with him and they were like, Oh, you can add a minor. And I was like, okay, I'm going to add a minor in philosophy. And I took my first mes- metaphysics course, hence the metaphysical yeah. goddess. Yeah. <laughs> so I um, took my first metaphysics course and I was just blown away because it was all about talking about the physical reality, but like what's beyond that, right? It's like, yes, we can describe the physical reality with physics, with jewels, with energy, but what is energy itself? And I took a physics course shortly after that with this Indian professor. And he even, he has like his doctorate. And he was like, look, I can describe energy to you in like force and, and thermodynamics and everything, but I can't tell you what it is. And so right then I would like, I was like going crazy. I was like, I got to find out what this energy stuff is, you know, like Mm -hmm. what makes us like drive, what drives us. So then I started doing my own healing work 
and I didn't start life coaching until last year. So seven years into my healing journey, um, going through very different modalities. So first it started with, I got my yoga teacher training. Mm -hmm. So, um, I did that in Costa Rica. Uh, I spent three weeks out there at a, at a resort or a retreat center and it was really beautiful. So retreats is actually how I healed a lot of my pain. So, um, at retreats, people are holding space for you, which means, you know, you go there and you leave feeling super light because you're going Wait, there. So have you, side question. Have you done ayahuasca? Yes. Yes. So I've wow. done ayahuasca. Wow. Okay. I'm terrified of it. You I want to do that. it. I want to do it. I want to do it like in a forest and like heal. Yes. Whatever. Oh, I you're going to love this. I literally yeah. was actually listening to a podcast with mm-hmm. Sanjay Gupta, the doctor. Yes. Um, yeah. And he was actually even talking about how like so many like therapists and whatever, like will literally prescribe like ayahuasca and things like that. Because wow. mm-hmm. um, antidepressants have so many side effects and a lot of people take them for years and they never get past yes, the depression. Mm-hmm. Doing something like ayahuasca or even mushrooms or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but like with an advised uh person that's like guiding you can actually like because it really does like lower your inhibitions in your brain and all of the things that you suppress Mm -hmm. you release and they say that it literally will physically like heal those parts of the brain that have experienced trauma yeah well I was like wow I need to try it (laughs) yeah I'm living proof of that honestly I give all of my um reverence to sacred plant medicines because over the past like I said before I started coaching over the past seven years me just really healing my stuff, cultural stuff, just things that have happened to me, trauma. It was like, I started off with yoga retreats um, and then I was going to meditation retreats and then I started doing mushrooms around that time when I was 21. And um, at first it wasn't very intentional of healing, but you know, it just naturally heals you. Um, I was just doing it with friends. And then now actually where I'm at, um, as you ladies know, I'm living in Mexico now and there's actually, a Punjabi guy that I know that owns a retreat center out here in the jungle. Mm-hmm. And I am actually being called that's now. That's what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, so I'm being called now. I'm going to be guiding ayahuasca and uh, mushroom retreats and psychedelic retreats out here for healing our people. So, <laughs> yeah, so my year long clients, they get it with their package and then I'm going to be selling some tickets on the side. It's going to be extremely healing. Um, this is why I came here. So the reason why I went with life coaching instead of therapy is because when I studied psychology, um, which is great. Um, but everything, all the psychologists I was studying were all Eurocentric, right? So you hear Carl Jung, you hear, you know, even the philosophers I was studying, Nietzsche, Kant, you know, all these people, which are beautiful. They opened my eyes to even questioning the world and the reality we live in. But I healed through Eastern modalities, through Ayurveda, through, through yoga, through um, true holistic healing from the Vedas, right? Which is the first society in India um, that created astrology and all of that. So uh, I also love astrology, so I'm getting into that as well. So basically after like eight years of me just healing myself, uh, which, you know, healing is an ongoing journey, but right now I'm at the point this past year where I launched my business and to be a life coach, um, people are hiring you based on your life experience. So it's not even uh, based on degree or anything. That's why like there's so many different niches um, but I really am holding space for South Asian people to evolve. So that's really what I'm helping people with. And um, my life is a testimony of that. So the clients that I work with, I really um, only offer my services to people. One, if they're self-aware to some ac- aspect, right? Because then my job uh, gets a lot easier because then I can give you the tools and I can give them the, you know, the things that are going to help them get closer to their spirit and live their life purpose. Um, because 
another thing I'm really passionate about is I really want to take our people away from thinking that there's only one route to success, which is stressing yourself out with um, school or, or, you know what I mean? Like learning that you're not even, your spirit's not even in it. Like how many doctors do we know that force themselves to go to med school? Oh my gosh. Because of their, you know, like that growing up, like was so wrong to me. Like even when I was younger and I would be very passionate about that because it's just like, we came here in these bodies for such a short amount of time. And it's like, I, I understand, you know, our parents wanted us to be successful and that's all they know. Um, but there are so many other ways to, to monetize your talents and your gifts and, and really live out your purpose. And I think that that's why a lot of our people are on antidepressants, on anti-anxiety, because they have been fighting their spirit and what they actually came here to do uh, based on these molds that they were. And then they don't have trust in their voice to speak up. You know what I mean? Of like, I love you, mom and dad, but you know, I'm really passionate about art. So I'm going to take this route and I promise I'm going to be successful and setting things up like that way. Having conversations with your parents is like really something that I feel like I'm tapping into now. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah. what are those patterns that you see that with your like Indian mm -hmm, clients mm -hmm. or in the Brown community? Yeah. So one, definitely women empowerment is something I help a lot with. Like I was saying, activating that throat chakra, which is your self-expression. A lot of us are blocked here and um, due to many things, maybe you were younger and every time somebody told you stop talking or somebody told you no, or you're stupid or, you know, the ways that Indian parents kind of talk to their kids. I mean, it is what it is, right? Um, but every time that happens, it gets stored in your, in your spinal column, in your subconscious. And so that's why you end up programming your mind, which is your greatest CPU. You're sending codes of like, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I and actually read that in a book too. Like, like that, the four that agreements. When, you, when you hear things as a kid, and mm -hmm. then you just like literally in the back of your head, that's why people form insecurities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I start with inner child work with everybody um, because I feel like with the Indian community, our inner child, not right, with our parents didn't know, right? But yeah, our inner sense. child was cut off very early on because when you're a child, right, and you're like five, six years old and you're like told that you're only going to be a doctor, lawyer, engineer, like you're already cutting off all of the imagination and the possibilities. And um, I also noticed in a lot of my Desi clients, that they lose their sense of fun in this world because we, a lot of us had to grow up very young, you know what I mean? Depending on family toxicity, depending on having to care for, you know, especially as women and as the oldest daughters, a lot of us take on a lot of our family's emotional stuff and we're oh, the yeah. ones that are always there, you know, like my parents, when I, moved to, I hate to put my family on blast, but when I moved, you know, whenever I move and leave the house, cause I haven't really lived at home since last year, like in a while. And, you know, they'll be like, oh, like Ronak is gone. Like our, our, our liveliness is gone. And I really feel like in a way it's beautiful that the older daughter takes that, but in a way it's, it's very heavy on us. Sure. Um, so heavy. You feel like this guilt and like just guilt. Yeah. You don't so want much guilt because you have all this like stuff on your shoulders. Like, oh, if yeah. I can move away or if I start doing this, or if I don't make money or blah, 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 you're like, you know, you feel this on your shoulders. So this yes. day, my mom takes shit out on me and I'm like, what'd I do? And, and it's all like the first generation, like immigrant mm -hmm. guilt that we carry yes. too. Like, yes. oh, our parents moved to this country for give us. us. A better life. Yeah. So like yes. now we have to like do these things and like give everything back to them and like be these 
incredible people or their entire lives are wasted, which is like a huge burden to carry, like as a person. Isn't it crazy that we all live the same life, but growing up, we thought we were alone? Like, isn't that crazy? You get older, you meet everybody. You're like, me too. See, it's because no one talks about it. That's why no one talks about it. (laughs) And that's like a lot of the stuff that I work on with my female uh, Indian clients is that guilt, that shame, Mm -hmm. feeling guilty for being selfish, right? Like, of yes. like moving out and doing your own thing. It's like called selfish, but we can't, we can't truly serve others if we're not filling up our cup. And that's a concept that I really feel like we need to like reprogram. And that's what I've really worked on myself. And now I help, help Indian women do that. And also one thing is um, I start everybody off with remembering that we're the prize because growing up in relationships, the man has always been put on a pedestal. So that's another pattern that I teach women is that we're the prize and like we give so much and we love so much and it's in our blood. And and so just remembering like your worth is a lot of the work that I do with these women. And it's been beautiful to see um, them get into these relationships where they're really flourishing now um, because they leveled up on their own worth, right? So, so that's- I know. Really cool. <laughs> uh, do you feel like as like, just brown women, I feel like of any like Indian, Middle Eastern, right. whatever culture, that like that affects our relationship so much, like the way we were raised, the way girls mm-hmm. are raised. Because mm-hmm. Jordan yeah. and me both always talk about how we're like the givers in the relationship, yeah. all that stuff. Which is like, grow up seeing our moms like break their backs yeah, for our dads, yeah. you know, and still work. Like my mom's a full time nurse. So it's like, you know, and my dad's great. I mean, he can cook and clean, which is awesome. But I know that's not always the case in a lot yeah. of households. No. So yeah, I think growing up with that, that's when I really realized of like, oh, like I would, and that first guy wasn't the first abusive brown guy I was with. I was with another one that also took advantage of me in a lot of ways. And I was like, oh, where's this pattern coming from? You know? And I feel like it goes even beyond our moms and like our whole entire maternal lineages of like the women of just having to, you know, take it and stay quiet. You know, so that's something that I really help reprogram in the mind Um, because these stories, right, that we have in our subconscious, like how I was saying, they can really be reprogrammed. And, and, and that's like the coolest thing, the journey that I take through people is like having the voice and then um, also being able to stand up for yourself and your worth and know that you're worthy. And like, you're not crazy if you ask someone to respect you or like, you know, demand respect from somebody. Um, We were never taught that. Right. So um, it's just an interesting dynamic, you know, and so. And, and you said that um, you just got your first guy client, right? I got my first male um, Indian client. So I've okay. had male clients okay. before, but this is my first male Desi client. And I'm excited because it's like, we know that, and I know that Desi men struggle with different things than we do. And so it's going to be now very. They have a world of problems. They need to all go to therapy. Yeah. <laughs> right? They yeah. all need it. They all need it. I was like, I told him, I'm like, dude, I'm so grateful because this is going to be revolutionary of just. And I what feel like guys are so now. reluctant to like get mental health mm-hmm. help. They also have that on their shoulders. I'm the man. Yeah. I'm the man. I can't cry and I can't mm-hmm. release. And I think that's why I see so many anger issues with the men in our community. And I was actually talking to, um, I was talking to Kay Ray like a couple months ago and she was telling, telling me the same thing of just like, we were talking about how there's this anger and I feel like anger is one of those emotions just from my own studies of it comes from bottled up emotions. So like maybe they were taught they weren't supposed to cry and, and be tough all the time and not be sensitive. And it's like, 
that's really a, a detrimental way to raise boys, like little yeah. boys. Mm -hmm. um, so it's going to be interesting to dive in. I mean, obviously, I don't know exactly what we'll be working on because I start with him next week. Um, but in general, you know, I really want to hold space at these healing retreats out here um, and wherever else I end up doing them uh, with the psychedelics. And maybe some of them I'll just do yoga and meditation. But mm -hmm. it's going to be really powerful, I think, for me to also host uh, men's circles and then eventually get some men men that want to be healers in our community because I'm seeing it I was in the yoga world for so long and I was like the only desi girl in the west in the yoga world I'd go to like it's so weird because that's from yeah, India. Exactly. Yeah. It's like saying like spirituality oh. comes from our culture yeah it was so wild like I, I went to bhakti fest like three years in a row which is a yoga festival in Joshua Tree I was one the only Indian woman there who was a yoga teacher but that's a whole nother thing of just like them trying to school me. And I'm like, you guys like, invented yeah. this. Yeah. Let me tell you what yoga means. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's so interesting. Cause it's like yoga in the West. I think it's just about the Lululemon pants and like going to class yeah. and it's like getting the green juices. And it's like, no, yoga is like a lifestyle, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. So I mean, going there was really healing though, because I mean, in general, all races, the men and the women are starting to heal. And so it was really cool for me to see, um, you know, these other races at these festivals holding men's circles. And I, I learned a lot from observation and I really feel ready to, to start hosting those so that I can eventually train. And, you know, once, once somebody starts healing, they're going to want to help others. So, so it's going to be interesting to get, you know, a counterpart in there um, of a male energy that can help me host these retreats um, and be there and to support the men too. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, you mentioned like being in, a, in an abusive relationship. Like I know that's super hard. Like I know somebody that's kind of in one because it's just like they don't want to get out of it for some reason and you can't really tell them to get out of it. So like what advice do you have for people either that are friends with people in abusive relationships or people that are in them? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. Yeah. So um, I would say that I completely understand with it being hard to get out of it because we don't realize that we can actually get addicted to suffering. So yeah. we get addicted to drama. So naturally, like subconsciously. So when my um, ex would, would do things like that to me, it was almost like I was drawn to like continue pleasing him. And like, yeah. it was like this dynamic, right? Of like, when we grow up, we always want to please our parents, specifically our father, right? And so it was like this dynamic of like, understanding the psychology of like why you're addicted to that mm -hmm. um really broke me away from it so i think that i would really sit with a friend and be like very honest with her because i think what made me leave was actually i had this little like persian friend who was like a firecracker like super just badass bitch right <laughs> and she straight up was like navjot you have not one good thing to say about your man is this really who you want to be with for the rest of your life. You have nothing good yeah. to say about him. You're always saying so. So I realized I'm like, oh shit, like I really needed to be called out like that. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, I didn't really come out to people that he was abusing me until like maybe four years into it. And a lot of my friends would stay silent because it's uncomfortable to talk about. And then also um, this premise came into my mind of if you, if you, there was a five-year-old you, right? Inner child healing. So let's say five-year-old you is watching how the, you and this guy taking a step back to a third person perspective of a kid and you see how you guys act towards each other. Would you call that love? And I was like, it was like a clear full body. Fuck no. Oh, yeah. you know? And so that's really when that day where, um, and you know, when you're in a, with an abuser, they also get addicted to abusing you because you keep taking it. So that day I just remember 
Um, I called him and I was like, look, I'm done, done. Like, I'm not coming back because we used to break up, get back together all the time. But I had that realization. And I was like, look, like, even though this is hard as fuck for me to leave, um, I'm done, done. And I was like the first time in my life where I stepped into my power. Um, and he called me like 50 times, left me like, you know, 10 voicemails trying to get me to give into his manipulation. And I, for the first time, I did not pick up one call. And so that was very powerful for me. So I think as a friend, um, just premising it in a way where you're understanding, but you're allowing them to also see their own psychology, right? And be like, look, like, would you, questions are really good to ask that way. Cause somebody's ego is going to get more triggered if you're telling them, you know, yeah. but if you ask a question, it's a really good, um, they call it the Socratic method in psychology where you're asking a question. So then they come to the answers and the conclusions themselves from yeah. their own mouth, you know? And so when she, when she asked me that, I was like, no, actually, I don't want to be with a guy that I'm always talking shit about, like, you know, yeah. and it was like, no, a kid would not say this is love, you know, and so from there was really how I started to step into my power and, and leave and it wasn't, it wasn't easy. And so even telling them like, look, I know it's not easy. Um, because sometimes we, we, we like beat around the bush of the fact that it should be easy. Like, oh yeah, fuck that guy. Like leave. It's not easy. It's not meant to be easy, but just let them know that they can still get through it. And, and leave because um, we don't deserve that. I mean, nobody deserves that. So yeah, not at all. Yeah. So definitely asking the right questions to get them to come to the conclusion themselves. Thank okay. you. Well, one other question I had was, yeah. was based on what we were talking about yesterday. Well, I, I was blurt, you know, talking to myself about yesterday. <laughs> uh, why, why do you think Indian people will have to, or brown people, feel the need to have to bring one another down. What do you think that comes from? What do you think that stems from? Yeah, so I think honestly, if we go back, I think this constant need to compare one another, it's it's really like, I feel like it should be in the DSM. Like, a, <laughs> like I think it's like, like a societal thing too, like not even Indian, yes. just like all, yeah. all, like in, in America too, like everything is based on like we're constantly comparing ourselves to each other so then like when you feel mm -hmm. insecure about something you like project that as like hate literally. yes exactly like, and in the brown community it's like tenfold right it's like this yeah. care about what people think and we were raised oh that way God. for such a young There's age so much hate. about what people think too much yeah and children don't come into this world with hate in their heart like we don't you leave a party and you don't have anything nice to say about the people you were just at the party at, you know with yeah like, or like they do the same thing for, for you or like there's a wedding and it's like what kind of like fucked up energy is that that you're gonna sit there and talk shit about the bride and groom and like what she was wearing and like all that that's Luckily, such an indian like thing that. and i hate it like but i know there are the, so many aunties yeah like, like yeah. all the older adults like the aunties and uncles are constantly talking shit about everything yes and i was problem. you know i had to like admit through my own self-awareness i'm like dude i'm giving into this like why do i give a shit what justine or munfreeth or like all these people are doing you know, <laughs> know. right so I'm like I what am i doing yeah like my sister and i like we really i mean my sister you growing really up, do she, have to pull yourself out of it pull yourself out of it like you know because yeah. it's not good for us it's not good for our spirit it's not good for our community and i see things changing um, the more that we have these conversations, but I think it really stems from going back to the question of just us putting such a heavy, like heaviness on this comparing to one another. And that's really when it turns. And from a young age, if you don't reprogram that, 
you yeah, know, you're going to be an adult still acting like a little like kid in a way of just like drama and talking badly about one another for no really good reason. Like, no, because somebody wore a suit twice, like whatever. <laughs> yeah. Or somebody got like, like even the aunties, like, oh, you've gained a little bit of weight. They're the like, worst. I'm like, even if you've lost worse. weight, they're like, oh, you're a little bit too skinny now. Oh, they're not being yeah. like, you got old lady. No one's telling you anything like, you right. know. But I had asked some questions on my story. Yeah. Again. Well, one was, do you like black guys? That had nothing with what I was asking. Look, it literally mm -hmm. says that to me. Like what I asked you, something totally off. Anyways. Well, I, I love black guys. So whoever yeah. asked that. <laughs> I love black guys. <laughs> like, I asked like, oh, do you guys need advice on something? Do you like black guys? But anyways, um, this is something that uh, we were talking about. Why, why do men's mental health not get enough recognition? We kind of like spoke about that. What mm -hmm. are your goals for 2021? Yes. I mean, yeah. that was a question too. So 2021, my goal is to like fully outlive this purpose that I have here in Mexico to host retreats. I'm hosting my first retreat in April. Um, and it's in the jungle we'll at the we'll Empire Retreat Center. Yes, please come. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be beautiful experiences. My, my intention is just to cultivate at least four retreats this year. Um, the first one's not going to be a plant medicine one. I might introduce shrooms or microdosing to my um, clients, to some people that are interested. Um, but after that, I do want to work with some shamans that I, I have uh, met out here through um, the retreat center I'm working with. So I'll be um, doing some plant medicine retreats. One of the, one of my New Year's goals is I'm writing a book right now on identity. Cause I do um, my, if I was to like kind of, I do a wide broad range of coaching, but I would say the one thing that I do is identity work. Um, so really releasing all those old stories of who we think we are and coming back to who we truly are, which is powerful beings that can make anything happen. And from there, adding the identities that you really do want to affirm into your life. So, um, this book is all about identity and I'm really excited about it. Um, and I'm getting it pushed out by the end of the month. And then also my podcast meta talks is going to be launching this um this month and right now it's an ig live series that i really enjoy doing so oh, those three yeah. things i would say are my biggest goals is my retreats book and podcast love it where can yeah. people find you if they want to talk to you and maybe you know want to reach yeah. out to you and things like shout that. out let your know. Instagram yeah let everyone and... know <laughs> yes definitely so if anybody is picking up what i'm putting down or even wants to share a story um i'm very open so please reach out to me at metaphysical underscore goddess on instagram just shoot me a dm that's the easiest way to get a hold of me uh, metaphysical is m-e-t-a-p-y-h-y-s-i-c-a-l underscore goddess Awesome. Yay. It was so much fun talking to you. I know. We want to, like, you, like, we're booking our flights to Mexico. No, really, honestly. I, like, I, like I'm trying to get better <laughs> with my spiritual self. She's going to tap into yeah. it. Yeah, I'm going to get better with it. Because I'm very, like, I'm, I've always been, I'm not as rough as people think I am. I'm actually pretty soft. <laughs> She's a hard Yeah, I, I, like, no, but I'm, like, pretty soft. Like, I'm a very sensitive person, and a lot of people don't know that, because obviously, I, you, you show what you want to show, you know what I mean? Right. But I think like 
everyone should, you know, tap into their spiritual self and do some work. So I think in 2021, that's something that I want to work on. Love it. <laughs> yes. Well, you know where I'm at. If you ever just want someone to hold space for you, I mean, I can just already see, I mean, you're already a creative, so that's super dope. So it's just like, yeah. And just tapping into that power is going to be really awesome. And I really can't wait for you guys to visit. So get your butts out here. <laughs> yeah, we're so, looking at fight. Yeah. You don't have to say it again. Trust. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So much for Thank you time so out. much. I, I mean, I know you were at the pool. We'll let you get back to, you know, your yeah, fabulous Mexico swim by the pool. <laughs> Yes, I love it. Um, thank you so much for having me. I'm super, super grateful and appreciative. That was awesome. I love talking spirituality. I know you do. You guys are making me want to actually explore my spirituality. Which I'm so excited for. I know. She was really easy to talk to. Not just, so easy. So I think we should make a trip to Mexico soon. Yes. And that's when you're going to explore your spirituality when yeah. we're in Mexico. And we should vlog it, honestly, I feel yeah. like. And I think because a lot of people, I think... It's not, it's even though we were talking about it came from India, but like people aren't spiritual for some reason out I here. I know. They really, I mean, I know that it's like the thing to do in 2021, but still like people kind of are like, I don't know. Hesitant or yeah. think it's weird or yeah. something. Yeah, they're acting like we, we're talking about like ghosts and zombies yeah. or something. Yeah, like, yeah, they think it's not cool or it's like people that are like only hippies that do it. Not that yeah. there's anything wrong with hippies. Hippies are cool. Yeah, I'm okay with being a hippie. Yeah, but <laughs> I think that's what a lot of people think, so... I think that's another reason why I'd want to vlog it because I feel like I don't seem like somebody who would do something like that. You know, know what I mean? I'm all for it. Yeah, so I think definitely, definitely. And you guys should hit her up as well. She's she's really easy to talk to. And if you have any questions and yes. kind of share any experiences, and us too, hit us up too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we're cool. We're cool. <laughs> we promise. We're nice too. We're nice too. But um, How was your week? It Weekend? was good. Weekend, week. Yeah, what did I do? Well, I'm, I'm working on a project with my mom right now. Well, yeah. not with her, for her. Like, I'm trying to revamp, flip my mom's uh, restaurant, a coffee shop, and turn it into, like, a fast food place. And just basically make it pop in. Yeah. So that's something I've been working on. It's It's been very exciting. Like, you know, when something's your own. Yeah. How excited you are. And One of my goals this year is to start a business. Yeah. I don't know what type of business mm -hmm. or what I will sell, but it'll be something. It'll come to you because I was literally sitting there and my I was helping my mom because work is slow. And, you know, I COVID made me realize you should help your family, you know? Yeah. So I was sitting there just staring around the restaurant and somebody came to ask for food and my mom didn't like you know she's old now yeah. she doesn't want to make food and stuff and I'm like okay and I'm like zooming like like I'm uh, sorry looking around and you know I call my best friend and I tell her and she's like girl I've been waiting for you to tell me when you were like ready to revamp this place I'm like really it's just when you're ready you're ready yeah so um I like looked at the potential and it's just exciting it's like every little step it's making yeah, a difference and it's giving you like purpose right now by the yeah. way I forgot to tell you last week but when we were talking about purpose and this is for everybody out there too you need to watch soul Soul? What is that, a movie? Yeah, the new Disney movie, Soul, that everybody's been talking about. You oh, haven't seen it? No, I've been so consumed in like my the work that I've been okay. doing. Yeah. Um, have you seen everybody posting about it, though? I, don't, I think I didn't realize what okay. they were posting about. <laughs> um, so it is such a good... It's like the new Pixar film, and it's literally about like this guy finding his purpose and stuff. It's an anime. It's like a Disney movie, but it's... Oh, okay, okay. It's like one of those where, like, it's actually, like, really adult. It's adult, but it's in um, cartoon. It is yeah. so cute. Like, I was crying at the end, and it's Aww. just all about, like, this guy, like, being so, like, I need to 
do this in my career and I need to be successful and I need it and like obviously I don't mm-hmm. want to ruin the movie for you but okay okay it. you have to watch it tonight okay I'm just gonna make you okay no I'll watch it tonight because tonight I'm I'm not tomorrow I'll be at my mom's store today I didn't go so. and did you start sex in the city I started like one episode only I hate you <laughs> you can start from season two you I remember you texting me that and I I don't know I think I was arguing with someone so I forgot oh your boyfriend <laughs> yes I was yes where I think we're I think we're on the five month mark where we argue now a lot. Okay. Yeah. Um, but he said, I love you. Maybe that's why. <laughs> okay. And did you say it back? No, because I know I have strong feelings for him, but in the past I've said, I love you just because yeah, they've said I, it. I like that you didn't like, you want to say it when you actually like really yeah. feel like you're there. And I feel like I'm almost there, but I also think that like, I shouldn't just say it to satisfy yeah. somebody. You know what I mean? So he wasn't mad about it or anything, but we did it in circumstances where we we're fighting and I'm like, what's wrong with you? Why are you acting like this? Like, yeah. why are you so on me? You know what I mean? And he's like, cause I love you stupid. And I was like, oh, <laughs> what is he on you about? I remember the Sunday when I was asking you like, if we want to do something or whatever. Yeah. And, and then she ditched me by the way. Okay. That, uh, by the way, <laughs> my friend came and like, she's like, I'm outside. I You're have a lucky I'm such a chill person. It's <laughs> like, oh, whatever. <laughs> no. Well, you didn't miss out on anything because I was there and I realized how old I am. So she kind about it. Yeah. I yeah. Was. That's how it was. Like, so my friend was like, do you want to go? I'm outside. I have a plus one. And I'm like, uh, I don't have makeup on or anything. Remember I was telling you I'm yeah. not ready? And she's like, do it on the boat. And I'm like, okay. Like, she was just here. So I was like, ah. And then, you know, like, I was all frazzled when I was doing my makeup in the car. And then we get there. I had already told him that I was going to do something today, that day. You know what I yeah. mean? Because I don't really check in with him. At least I didn't think I had to. Yeah. So um, I'm just there. Even, like, with you, I was like, hey, la, la, la. And then he texts me. And I was like, hey, babe, I'm busy. I'll call you later. And he called me. I didn't answer because it was so loud there. And yeah. I, don't, I don't want him to get any ideas, like, anything bad, even though I didn't do anything bad. I enjoyed the boat ride for maybe two hours. And then after that, I was like, I'm old. I want to go home. Yeah. Like, I didn't even drink. I, cause I don't want to wor- waste my workout and everybody was like really like ratchet. It was, yeah. it was the nicest boat or yacht I've ever been on, but yeah. I was just not in there. You know what yeah. I mean? I was just like, I'm not about this life anymore. And if it was maybe like my actual friend friends, like if we went on a yacht, it'd be different. Exactly. So, um, anyway, so I already had a bad vibe. My phone died and I text him. I'm like, Hey babe, I want 2%. My phone's about to die. And it literally died right there, but I'm not like tripping because yeah, I, you just told him. Yeah, and then I get off, I mean, the boat, and we I get in the Uber, and, um, well, I kind of charged my phone for a little bit, and then I called an Uber, and I, pl- I asked the Uber driver, I'm like, do you have a charger? Because I'm using my friends, and he's like, yeah. So I'm giving my phone some juice, and he starts calling me, and I'm like, oh, okay, he's calling. Hey, babe. And he's pissed, angry, mad, and I'm like, what's wrong? Like, I'm like, hey, what's up? You know, just yeah. got off a boat, you know, and he was just like, what, what, what were you doing? He's like, I called you literally right after you texted me and your phone just died. I'm like, yeah, that's what happens. I'm yeah. like, I was on 2%. I was like, I was on 2% for a while. And he's like, well, I had called you earlier and you didn't like call me back. You said you would. I'm like, I got busy. I'm like, and I thought I'd just give you, you know, let you know my phone's about to die. So you're not worried. Yeah. But I guess that backfired on me. Like, I don't know what's going on. He's like, what were you really doing? Why didn't you want me to know? I'm like, I wasn't really doing anything. I yeah. went on a boat. So he had a feeling that I was up to something. That's why I didn't call him back or anything. 
Okay. Yeah. And that's when this has been going on for three days. He's like, tell me the truth. I'm like, I have nothing to tell you about. And Wait, I'm... he has major trust issues. Yes. What does yes. he think? You're having like a secret affair? That's what I told him. And he's like, it's not about that. It's that you lied to me. About what? But I said I was going to call him back and I didn't. That's and... not a real lie. Right? That's not a lie. I know. And what that... do you mean? Like you intend, that's like saying you lied to me. You said yeah. you'd be here on nine and you're here at 9.05. That's, that's literally... not a lie. And he that's said just... I He's like, and you disappeared. Literally, for two hours, I just disappeared. If I would have called him the next day in the morning, I would understand. Like, you have every right to be furious. Yeah. But, like, two hours later, so I, we were been arguing, and then I was just so tired of it. I'm like, I, I'm so tired of this. I don't know what's wrong with you, right? He's like, what's wrong with me? I love you, stupid. And in my head, I was thinking, like, unlove me. This is crazy, <laughs> you know? So we've been on this tip the for like... The trust issues are a bit of a red flag. Like, what is yeah. it? Every time you don't answer a call, he's going to think you're cheating on him? He thinks, you know, so that's... See, all my friends have said that thing, but he's trying to say that it's deeper than that. It's that, why did you want not want to call me when you were there? What? Yeah, like... You don't have to give a reason for that. Yes. Sometimes you're like around people, like you're... At yeah. a social thing, like, and you're just like caught up. You're talking yeah. to people, and that's what it was. And it was really loud, and I just didn't. I guess I could have told him, "Hey, babe, it's really loud," but I just didn't. I, he never trips on me, so I never yeah. thought anything. So I even told him, "I'm like, well, I guess you know, I didn't know that you're gonna keep tabs on me all the time." He's like, "It's not about keeping tabs, blah blah blah." It is. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. So, yeah, that's where we're at right now, and it's kind of like frustrating and sad because. If you were to subtract that, everything would be great. Yeah. But it's just he doesn't know how to let go of things. And he thinks he's always right. Yeah. Which so, is like a huge issue. Very big issue. Well, I wish you luck with that. <laughs> well, let's talk about you. Oh, my God. Guys, I'm going on a date finally. Yes. Like, claps. Class. After four episodes of trying to get her. <laughs> I know, I know. What's so funny is like the story is just my friends were like trying to set me up with this guy mm -hmm. and then he showed up on my hinge and he was literally like, oh my God, you're like the girl that like I'm gonna supposed to text. I was gonna text this week and the I don't know. Spirituality. Yes, it's like about. the universe is bringing <laughs> us together and telling us to meet. But yeah, so expect that. He seems like a cool guy. That's but good. I feel and like. said he's cute, right? Yeah, he's really cute. <laughs> I choked on myself. <laughs> I feel okay. like I'm doing this thing though, and I never noticed this about myself. Like where I think about like the worst case scenario before. Like I was so into him when my friend was telling me about him, but now that like it's he's kind of hinge. real, I'm like, oh no. well, like what if he's like this and what if he's like that and like you're self sabotaging. I, yeah, and I, I feel like I do that. Like why do you're blocking I, your blessings? Yeah, I need to just give guys a chance without it's being like. I think it's just because it's been, it hasn't been that long since your last one, and I think you haven't seen anybody, so it's always scared to like, yeah, you know, let go. go, let go. So I think that's what it is. But who cares? He's on like, not that you care, but like, just don't block your blessings. So maybe that'll yeah. like get your feet wet. I'm gonna give him a chance. I'm gonna give yeah. him a chance. Get your feet wet to dating. Yeah. It doesn't have to be. He doesn't have to be the one. Yeah, get true. Your feet back. Get your feet back. I'm excited for get you. Get back in the game. Yes, please. I'm excited for you because now I have to live through you because now I'm dealing with relationship problems and <laughs> I don't like it. I know. I'm like frustrated. Like I used to be the one that would cry and be really emotional, but now I'm just like, what do you want, babe? What yeah. Do, what, do, what, do, what do we want to do here? I never want to <laughs> go back to crying about a guy. No. Like after no. going through a traumatic relationship, you're just like, ah, oh, never again. No, never, ever, ever. Never be in a traumatic relationship, you guys. Please. 
Please get but out. You're it, the queen. For happier, happier, on a happier note, we need to shout out all of the queen, our brown queens of the week yes. and kings is yes. everybody who was at the inauguration. Yes. All the representation that yeah, is now in our government. And our vice presidents. Yes. Half amazing. Kamala so, Harris. Claps for that representation. Representation is so important. It is. We have all walks of life. Like we have like, I'm not, I mean, I'll name some. Like one is Office of Management and Budget. Her name is Nira Tandon. Then we have Vendant Patel. We have Celine Gounder, Vivek Murthy. We have so many more. And they're like literally like three pages of Indian people on there. So oh my God, shout out yay. to our pride and joy. Yes. Make us proud this year. No more Trump. Bye-bye. Bye. Yes. I never want to hear his name again. I don't either. Like when he was leaving, he's like, we'll be back in another form. Like what does that what? even mean? What are you going to do? Like, Just stay away. Yeah, go, go away. Go on an island somewhere and, yeah. you know, Bye. live a rich life. But definitely, like, um, this is a big day for America. Hopefully, you know, shit big gets better. Big day for women, women, for people of color. Everybody. It's a very, Everybody. very good day. It was a good good day to wake up today. Yeah. Yeah, so good news. And good day that you are going on a date. Yes. At least somebody loves me, I guess. Um, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I guess that's cool. And, yeah, so. Next week, we're going to try and have a therapist on. Yes. And then the week after, we're going to have um, the founder of an amazing nonprofit, which we yes. will tell you guys more about. A brown about. king. <laughs> a brown king. So we have exciting episodes coming up. Yes, a 2021. I kept thinking it was 2022 the other day. I don't know why. Oh, don't I'm skip a year. I know. I need to make the most of this year. My friend's like, 2021. I'm like, 22. She's like, 21. Stop trying to make yourself older. I'm like, yeah, oh my god, I'm want sorry. To. But yeah, but yes, guys, there's so many exciting things. Um, a lot of you have been interacting way more now. I'm um, thank you so much for listening. And yeah, do you have anything in conclusion? No, follow us on at Brown Queens Pod. Yes. Our email is at brownqueenspod at gmail.com. <laughs> yes. Um, my Instagram's at the official nay and EY. Mine's at Jothy K. And yep, we're always here. Have a here. great week. You, yeah, you too. Yes, me too. Everyone. Too. Everyone. It's bye. like at the drive thru. Yeah, I like you too. Yeah. Shit. Shit. I mean, thanks. Bye. <laughs> All right, guys. Bye.